Welcome to Prophecy Countdown with author and pastor Kenneth Baer. Join us every week for the latest updates on what the Bible has to say about the events, the characters, and prophetic signs of the return of Jesus Christ and His coming kingdom. Make sure you not only subscribe, but like your favorite episodes and share it with your friends. Now, on with the broadcast. Welcome to Prophecy Countdown. I'm Pastor Ken Baer, and we provide two updates each week, one on Sunday premiering at 1 p.m., and then the second one is on Wednesdays premiering every Wednesday at 11 a.m. The title of my message today is Caught Up just simply caught up. And we'll be looking at a number of verses, including uh, those in First and Second Thessalonians, including Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. As the name of our podcast implies, our updates are always prophecy-related. Uh, we, we love answering questions related to prophecy or, quite frankly, anything that has to do with something in the Bible, any theology questions. I answer those all personally. Uh, my, our email address is prophecycountdownpodcast at gmail.com. That's prophecycountdownpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, send us uh, information. Send us a, a topic, some question that you'd like us to answer. That's how we get a lot of our topics for these Wednesday updates especially. So today I'm going to talk about a topic that is, I believe, is critically important. Uh, critically important for all believers today. And when I say believers, I mean those that are have embraced Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, who have been baptized as the first step of obedience and following him, and are looking forward, looking forward to his, his coming, his appearing. The topic I'm going to be talking about today is being caught up. I've been using this phrase caught up for a number of years. It's a pseudonym, an alias for the more familiar term, the rapture. And the reason I do this is because there are so many, I would say there are too many uh, that say, too many people in the church, including pastors, that say that there's no such thing as, as the rapture. Um, that's why I'm using this term caught up. Um, because that's what the Bible clearly says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17. And I'll quote it to you. This is the writings of Paul. Uh, he says, After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. You know, so I hope I have your attention um, because this biblical teaching, this sound doctrine of the rapture of the church, of being caught up together with the Lord, is one of the key doctrines. Um, and it's a key doctrine of both the Old Testament and New Testament. And how can I say that? How can you say that, Pastor Ken? How can you say that it's part of the Old Testament? Well, because the Old Testament prophets and the people of Israel in the Old Testament believed in the resurrection. And that's exactly what being caught up is. It's the resurrection. And Paul says that those that, that those that are dead will be caught up in the heavens and we that are alive will be caught up with them this is the the resurrection you know again i mentioned before that i use the term caught up because there are seem to be so many that are critical of this teaching um, of 
of the rapture of the church. And, and unfortunately, when I listen to them, and it's almost impossible not to, they're all over my comment section of my, on my videos and my emails, uh, they actually sound like those that the apostle Peter speaks of. And I'm referring to what Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 2. He says, notice at the end times, the scoffers will come walking according to their own lusts and saying, where is this promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. You know, the scriptures teach us clearly that Jesus is returning. And my friends, I, I, don't want, I don't want you to be a skeptic. Scripture also teaches that ultimately all people will experience a physical, rex, re, a physical resurrection, uh, but there will be a marked difference in the destiny of those that put their trust in Jesus, that receive Jesus, as it talks about in the uh, Gospel of, of John, the very first chapter, and those who have decided to reject him. And remember, choosing not to follow Jesus is a choice that people are making to reject him. Now, according to Scripture, believers, both the deceased as well as the living, will receive resurrected bodies and will be taken from the earth into the heavenlies. Now, that's just for a period of time because Jesus returns to the earth with the church, with the army of God at the end of the tribulation. The rapture is a future event where God snatches away. That's another way that that, uh, that term, that Greek word harpazo, that's being translated as caught up. In Latin, it's, being, it's, uh, it's uh, rapidamor, uh, to be raptured. Um, it can also be translated as being snatched away. Now, it's described in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 as well as 1 Corinthians chapter 15 by the Apostle Paul. Now, the rapture is to be distinguished uh, from the second coming. Uh, at the rapture, the Lord comes in the clouds to meet us in the air. That's 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. At the second coming, the Lord descends all the way to the earth to stand on the Mount of Olives, resulting in a great earthquake followed by a defeat of God's enemies. That's uh, in Zechariah. It's also referenced in the book of Revelation. Now, I want to emphasize that there are so many, like I said, too many that are so adamantly opposed to any teaching on the rapture of the church that they break the bonds of unity. And this breaks my heart, and I'm sure it breaks the heart of Jesus as well. We are to have unity in the body of Christ. The resurrection of the dead is, is in both the Apostles' Creed as well as the Nicene's Creed. And this goes back to the fourth century. The Apostle also, Apostle Paul, in discussing the resurrection of Jesus, this is also in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, says, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have died. You see, the Resurrection, Jesus' resurrection was not a one-off event. It's not a discrete, unique event. Uh, Jesus Christ's resurrection only paves the way for the rest of us. We also will receive resurrected bodies. This is a, this is a cardinal doctrine of the church, and it has been since Jesus was here because Jesus gives us these words. This is out of the Gospel of John. Jesus says, Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. You see, Jesus speaks about this as well. He's talked about the, there will be an hour 
a critical period of time. Now, this resurrection, this re these resurrected bodies, is not allegory. There are seminaries all over the United States, all over the West, that, are tre that, is, that is teaching that this resurrection is an allegory, but it's a physical resurrection, just like Jesus rose from the dead. Uh, it's, it's, this is literal truth, and I, there is a precedent. There is a precedent, and the Bible records uh, that when Jesus was crucified, this is in Matthew 27, you can look it up, uh, verses 52 and 53, if you're paging through your Bible, tells us that after Jesus died, not only was the veil of the temple torn in two, but then it says there were many graves that were opened, and many bodies of the saints were raised and were seen by many. Now, I'm not going to go into what that teaching is or how that happened. I'm just saying that there is precedent for a resurrection. And the best precedent we have is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Do you treat that as allegory? Is that just symbolic? Of course not. Jesus rose from the dead. He was seen by over 500 people over a period of 30 to 40 days. In the same way, we there will be an hour when the graves will burst open, those that have died will rise first, and then we which are alive will be caught up together with them. There's my title of my message today, to be caught up together with them to meet Jesus in the air. Now, one of the criticisms of the rapture of the church is that it's primarily taught that it happens prior to the seven years of tribulation. It's called a pre-tribulational view. Now, people that don't hold that view but still hold a view for a rapture, you know, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll also appeal and they'll show all of these teachings by these people that are agnostic that don't believe in a resurrection or people that are amillennial that don't believe in any kind of, any kind of a, a rapture at all or any kind of a resurrection at all. You know, while many people are critical this pre-tribulational pre rapture, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about there's a tribulation period of seven years. And prior to that, the, Christ comes back for his bride. It's called a pre-tribulation rapture. Uh, this has the, really when you take a look at all of the doctrines, this has the greatest support because it aligns so well with numerous biblical passages. It also has a proven historical passage. It fits very well as well within God's revealed plan for both Israel as well as the church. The final seven years of tribulation is reserved as a unique timeline of seven years for the nation of Israel. You see, if you don't believe there's a history for the people of Israel, uh, then you're not going to believe in a pre-tribulation rapture of the church because you really don't take the, the tribulation literally. You're taking it as allegory. This is just the church having a really difficult day. Well, not at all. Prophet, the prophet Daniel told us there would be, actually this was revealed to Daniel by the angel Gabriel. I love that. The angel Gabriel told the, the prophet Daniel while he was in Babylon that there was 70 weeks reserved for the people of Israel. 70 weeks, now we know that the word weeks means seven, so 70 sevens, or 490 years. And then the angel Gabriel goes on and he, de he describes it as, as 62 plus seven, 62 weeks plus seven, well that's 69, reserving one last seven year period, which we know as the tribulation that will take place after the church is removed. The prophet Daniel not only spoke of this timeline for the people of Israel, but also spoke as the, of the rapture as well. Here's the rapture that Daniel speaks of. And Daniel in chapter 12 says this, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, 
some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. This is, this is actually uh, the same that Jesus quoted in John 5 that, that, uh, we, we, uh, that we mentioned earlier. Now, Daniel was not alone among the Old Testament prophets. Isaiah chapter 26 says this, for example. He says, your dead shall live, their bodies shall rise. You who dwell in the dust, awake and sing for joy, for your dew is the dew of light, and the earth will give birth to the dead. Again, a, a resurrection. Now, as I mentioned earlier, the critics of the rapture in particular are perturbed when we teach that the body of Christ would be removed prior to the tribulation. And then we explain that the church, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has been restraining evil for the last 2,000 years. And it's not only restraining evil, but it's restraining the appearance of the lawless one, the one we knew as the Antichrist. And this is exactly what, uh, what, uh, what Peter speaks of. They, they, however, conveniently forget that the Apostle Paul told us that the church is not appointed to wrath. Uh, that's 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses, uh, uh, verses 9 and 10. We are also, Paul says, not in darkness, so that the day should surprise us like a thief. This is what the apostle Paul actually tells us in Thessalonians. Now, in the book of Revelation, the big book at the end of the Bible, that people stay with. Did you know, by the way, that the book of Revelation is the only book that promises a blessing to those that read it? Are you reading the book of Revelation? My friends, if you read the book of Revelation and you just take it at, at face value of what it says, I'm telling you, you're gonna learn a lot about the final seven years. In the book of Revelation, we have a series of sevens. Um, and that series begins in Revelation chapter two as there are seven letters to seven churches. Many scholars understand that these seven churches provide a panorama of what we know as the age of the church, the 2,000 years of the age of church, of the age of the church, starting with the church of Ephesus all the way going through the church of Laodicea. Now, in that group of seven churches, one of the latter churches is called the Church of Philadelphia. And the Church of Philadelphia was promised to be kept from, in quotes, the hour of trial that is coming, going to come upon the whole world. See, there's that word hour, that hour of trial that's going to come on the whole world. Know that the promise is not a preservation to go through the trial, that Jesus will go through the trial, but deliverance from the hour of trial. So most conservative scholars also know that the focus of the entire tribulation period is on Israel. It really is. Again, if you open your book of Revelation and just kind of pay attention to what it says, in Revelation 7, for example, there's 144,000 Jewish men that are saved or sealed. Actually, it's, it's 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes of Israel, making 144,000. Very Israel-specific. In Revelation chapter 11, for example, there's two witnesses that are preaching on the streets of where? Of Jerusalem. It's not Madison Avenue in New York, it's, it's Jerusalem. And the reference is it's the place where the Lord was crucified, which is Jerusalem, in the land of where? Of Israel. In Revelation chapter 12, there's a passage depicting a woman and a dragon. This passage, if you read it, closely aligns to Joseph's dream. Remember, Joseph had a dream of the sun and the moon and the stars, and they were bowing down to him. This, is, this, this, this aligns very, very closely, and it refers to the 12 tribes of Israel. And then finally, in Revelation chapter 21, we see the new Jerusalem. 
It's not the new New York. It's not the new Chicago. It's not the new Cairo. It's the new Jerusalem. And the names of the 12 tribes of Israel are written on the gates of the city, emphasizing connection to the land of Israel and the people of Israel. You see, the tribulation is the focus of the tribulation. To the focus of the tribulation is for the salvation of the people of Israel. That's exactly what it's for. It's a, it's a diffi- very difficult time. It's a time of judgment. But through that period of time, God will bring the people of Israel back to him. In fact, the Apostle Paul says that all of Israel ultimately will be saved. My friends, we know that the rapture is near. It's nearer today than it's ever been before. It's very near because we see the signs. We see the signs of the tribulation. We see the technology that the Antichrist will be using in the future. We see the nations aligning. If you read um, Ezekiel and you read the, uh, sto- the, uh, the prophecy of Gog and Magog, all of the nations mentioned in those chapters of, of Ezekiel um, are now being aligned. And Israel, Israel's in the land as of, ni- as of 1948. Now, this all means that very soon the Lord will return for his bride. The book of Revelation is a, is a Jewish book. And the tribulation is designed again for the Jewish nation. It'll be a terrible time. You don't want to be left behind. You know, we saw the, that series, uh, Left Behind, it was very, very well done. And uh, a lot of people watched it, but then a lot of people got very critical of it, again, because they don't want to believe in a literal interpretation of the book of Revelation, or the Bible for that matter. But I, my friends, I just implore you to come to Jesus, repent of your sins, ask him to forgive you, and he will forgive you of all of your sins. And you'll be a member of the body of Christ. You'll be, you'll be one that has received Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. The rapture of the church is the very next pro- prophetic event to unfold. In the rapture, we that are alive will receive new glorified bodies that allow us to be transported into the heavenly realm. Scripture tells us this. This is out of 1 John chapter 3, verse 2, and we'll close with this last verse. The Scripture says, We know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he truly is. God bless, my friends. Let's pray. Father God, we want to thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to be able to, to share this study on being caught up in what the Bible says about the rapture of the church with our audience on uh, watching this by video as well as the uh, audience listening to it on podcast. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. We pray for the peace of of Jerusalem. We know that there's a a war that continues as we speak. So we just pray for peace, Lord, to let the wars end and the people um, will rejoice. And we give you all the praise for that in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Nearly every day, it's common to see, read, or hear something about the end of the world, the apocalypse, or end times. Author and pastor Kenneth Baer's The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom zooms in and breaks down biblical prophecy as it relates to Jesus' imminent return and the coming seven-year period, including the Great Tribulation. Available in both paperback and Kindle versions. Get your copy on Amazon or at Barnes & Noble and select Christian bookstores. The title again is The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom. You can also find it listed by author Kenneth Baer. 
Get your copy today.